Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. Today, K.W. is forcing me to talk about American Psycho, which I read <laughs> in college <laughs> and hated. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She watched the movie of American Psycho, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to have a little discussion on audiobooks versus podcasts. Yeah. So we're we're easing into spooky season. We're going to take it one step at a time. I think our next episode is going to be much more Halloween-y. So look forward to that. But we are also having a fun thing going on this morning. You want to tell us about it? <laughs> yeah. So we've had this set time almost every week of recording our podcast. And all of a sudden, in the past like month or so, my apartment complex has decided that's when they want to cut the grass. <laughs> so <laughs> alas, they've moved a little bit away from my building, but I'll try to cut down the noise. But if you hear anything, that is, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I need to send them a, a letter and be like, please don't cut the grass now. <laughs> but what made you watch American Psycho last week? Okay, so I, I've i read the book before, and I've seen this movie before. I think I might have even seen this movie in the theater when it came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I think I read the book either before or after that. I can't remember because that's been a long time now. But I was cleaning out a bunch of various video media in my living room recently, and I found the VHS of this, and I don't still, I only have one VCR anymore, and it's not in a... It's not in a living space that's easy to use. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to donate this to Goodwill because I'm not even going to try to sell it. It's like, no one's going to. So I'm just going to let, if somebody at Goodwill wants to buy VHS original copy of American Psycho, they can have it for free. <laughs> but that just kind of put it in my head. And then I noticed it was on, it was streaming. I want to say it's streaming on, yeah, it's streaming on Peacock right now, actually. Okay. And I think I was just sort of scrolling through Peacock, like my husband and I were looking for a spooky movie, deliberately spooky to watch. And when we were cleaning stuff out, he had reminded me that he's never seen that or, we, or read the book. And so we oh. saw that it was on there and we were having trouble deciding. And it's not, it's also not very long. And you know, I love a short movie. Uh, yeah, do. it's a hundred, it's 101 minutes long. And it was just oh, like, wow. all right, we're just going to watch this. Okay. So that's, that's why we watched it. Okay. Yeah. So I will say preamble. This is pretty violent. It's not as violent as the book. So if people are very like violence averse, do not ever read the book. Um, it's based on a 1991 novel by Brett Easton Ellis. And I'm kind of surprised you read it in college. You read it for a class in college? Yeah, I had to read Ooh, it. So Wow. Okay. But I think we've talked about this before. I'm much better with violence on the page than I am in a visual media. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, the so the book by Brett Easton Ellis is about like eighties yuppies in New York in the finance world, but it's got this very like it's supposed to be satirical, but it's also extremely dark and really gets into someone's psychosis of being a serial killer and not really having a soul in a way and and being extremely narcissistic and shallow and whatnot. The movie takes a little bit more of an almost comedic tone. So that does undercut some of the horror element. Okay. 
So I I think you could absolutely handle the movie, but if you already hated the book, I don't know if this is <laughs> still for you. So the thing about the the film is it's directed by Mary Heron. Oh. And it was co-written by her and Guinevere Turner. Interesting. Yeah. So their purpose and Heron's purpose in particular was really to play up the elements of this character that were misogynistic and make a point about gender violence and kind of like masculinity and stuff. And so it it comes off a lot more feminist in certain ways than the book does. And I don't even think Ellis wasn't trying to be kind of feminist, but his this character is misogynistic. So mm-hmm. that is sort of part of it. So that element might make it seem a little bit more palatable to you. So to kind of get into the the plot here, so it stars Christian Bale, who really, really lobbied for this role. And he does his like patented Christian Bale thing of like completely disappearing into this part. He I was just, again, impressed with how good of an actor he is. (laughs) I don't even really like, like him per se, or I don't feel like I'm some kind of Christian Bale fangirl, but he's just really good. He's I've never seen him not be effective as an actor. Okay. I think he's probably not necessarily like somebody I'd want to hang out with or anything. But <laughs> but fun fact, his his stepmom is Gloria Steinem, so that's kind of interesting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Another connection to feminism there. Yeah. So anyway, so Christian Bale plays this guy Patrick Bateman. And it's the movie is from 2000, but it's set in 1987. And he is, again, this investment banker in New York City. And he is just so, like, he comes off both really shallow and a little bit dorky in certain ways. He's just extremely obsessed with his workout routine and his apartment accoutrements and his facial skincare routine and um he has like narration where he just they show him getting ready in the morning and he just like is like i have to do 300 crunches and i have to use this like apricot exfoliating mask or whatever and it's just like really and it's more so in the book if you remember that he just like details every little thing about his wardrobe and his stuff but the movie does make that seem a little funnier and weirder and so he works with these other guys at a firm who are all kind of, they look alike. They're sort of interchangeable. Like one of them is played by Justin Thoreau and you barely even recognize him because he just looks like every other guy. And another one is Jared Leto. Another one is Josh Lucas. And again, even though those guys, yeah, even though all those guys like in other parts, you wouldn't necessarily mix them up. This, they all have the same haircut. They all wear the same kind of suits. They all have the same glasses. It's just like, they're extremely interchangeable. (laughs) And he's also engaged to this woman, Evelyn Williams, played by Reese Witherspoon. And you get the feeling like they barely even like each other or know each other. And then one day at work, everybody is sort of comparing business cards. And is this is kind of a famous scene where everyone's whipping out their business cards. And <laughs> they're all like, slightly different. And everyone's kind of one upping each other. And then Patrick thinks he's got the perfect card. And then his colleague, Paul Allen, who's played by Jared Leto, kind of trumps his card. And Patrick is like, Oh, that's very nice. But he looks like he just wants to kill him. And, and yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He he does murder him in a, in a very weird scene set to a Huey Lewis in the News song. 
And it's a pretty famous scene at this point, and it's been lampooned a lot. <laughs> but like, again, not to kind of spoil stuff, but Patrick starts to get increasingly paranoid, increasingly violent with different people. And there is a lot of a sense of unreality to things after a certain point. Things get a little bit more surreal. And it's really uncomfortable because as the viewer, you're really not quite sure what's real, what's not real, what's what's quite going on. And there's a couple of little times where you see Patrick taking medication. You're not sure what that is. It's kind of, you know, a little bit fuzzy. Everything's a little bit fuzzy. Mm. I will say one thing that I had never noticed seeing this before is that the music, the music is done by John Cale, who uh, he was a founding member of the Velvet Underground. He's kind of like an avant-garde musician. He does electronic music, classical music, um, kind of interesting music. But he uses a score that is very old school melodrama as if it was from a movie from the 50s. And I felt like even though the the filming style is very early 2000s, and then we've got the the visuals that look very late 80s and some of the pop music they use is from the late 80s. There's there's this weird confluence of eras going on and the music really underscores that. It's very over the top. It's very sad, but it's very like, there's a lot of strings. I don't know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but it's, it's very yeah. melodramatic. And okay. I, I felt like that was very effective. All of the performances are really good. Chloe Sevigny plays Patrick's secretary, Jean, and she's kind of this very innocent character. And Willem Dafoe is a uh, investigator, and you can't ever tell if he's on to Patrick or if he doesn't know what's going on, but he does a really interesting job where he's playing a little bit against type. Like he's like this really nice guy, which I don't think mm. of Willem Dafoe as being <laughs> a very nice guy. In movies. In movies. Least. Yeah, I'm sure he's. Yeah, we don't I'm know sure him in real life. We don't. You might have. <laughs> We don't, but he d he just seems really, yeah, like like just earnest. But that could be an act to try to ingratiate himself to Patrick to get more information, right? But I just think it's really it's it's got a lot to say about consumerism, about shallowness of the rich. We also never see any of these guys doing any actual work. <laughs> we also like they just seem to like go to work just to hang out. And they just go to dinner together, and they sometimes go to dance clubs, but not really even that much. It seems like it's all about getting to the next really fancy restaurant, basically. Yeah. And sometimes like holiday parties and stuff. But but everybody is very interchangeable. So there's a lot of mistaken identity. There's a lot of you know conformity, etc. And Patrick repeatedly kind of says some things about not having any. Like, essentially, that there's no there there underneath his facade. He doesn't have an inherent sense of self, which is, mm -hmm. I think, depersonalization is sort of an obvious symptom of either schizophrenia or sociopathology or something. But I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not <laughs> sure. But uh, he really has invested a lot of work in his surface self, whether or not he is completely devoid of any empathy or remorse or anything. But but there is there is some question among critics of whether he's even committing any murders or if we're supposed to interpret all of this as delusions or not. So, so yeah, it's a little bit – it leaves you feeling destabilized. But I'll say, again, Fun. there <laughs> – yeah. But there's a lot that is really clever and funny, too. Not – 
like funny in a, in a kind of campy, satirical way. It's not like overt humor. It's not jokey. But there's stuff that is that feels over the top and ridiculous and weird, and that it does elicit laughter. But there are also things that are that are pretty upsetting, and you know, so just be aware of that. So yeah, I don't know. This is not a film for everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound like a film for everyone. It does sound like it. I remember the big thing from reading it in class was the ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it definitely held on to that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's interesting, I'm just I'm just looking at some some weird little trivia things about it right now. Apparently, Brett Easton Ellis, he was on Mark Maron's podcast a few years ago. And I feel like I remember this interview. He, he feels a little bit ambivalent about the film okay he's not sure if it really made a proper transition to film the the book is so complex and he always felt it was a little unfilmable Mm. and it does have it but it's got a good critical rating um and it's become a cult classic there is a terrible sequel called american psycho 2 with mila kunis don't no 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 no. (laughs) everyone involved has disavowed it what is that even about um it's not there's no real connection apparently the mila kunis's character is sort of weirdly mentored by patrick bateman and so she starts killing people but like i don't think it's worth it weird (laughs) yeah i also think that there's an element of like the idea of polite society really ignoring anything that doesn't fit with their worldview because sometimes patrick will say really outrageous things to people straight out like quoting Ed Gein at his friends and they just kind of ignore him. Or instead of saying he's in mergers and acquisitions, he says he's in murders and abductions or something. And like, no one even notices that he says this. (laughs) And so he's like almost begging people to help him. Mm -hmm. Yet they just, they just either ignore him or don't hear him or misunderstand him. So I feel like that implies some things about we're just supposed to just go along and any deviation that you feel, even if you do feel like you need some kind of help, it's just meant to be swept under the rug. And there are moments where I feel like he does feel remorse and knows he's not mentally well and needs assistance and isn't getting it. And it's almost like in some in some cases, the more money you have, the worse you're going to do if you become mentally ill. So um, I think there's, I don't know, it's pretty deep, but it's also, I think they could have done more to make it deeper, because it does lean very heavily into some camp aesthetics that I think undercuts the depth. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I will not be watching this. <laughs> no, no. I also don't necessarily feel like I ever need to see it again, but yeah. revi- revisiting it was was pretty interesting. So, okay. yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And a nice little entry to spooky season. Yeah. Not not your traditional horror movie, but it definitely starts the ball rolling. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, great. Yeah. So I am obviously not talking about any films today <laughs> <laughs> because I've been listening to Wheel of Time on audiobook. It's, mm-hmm. I'm on the sixth book and it is 42 hours long. Ooh. <laughs> It got returned to the library a few weeks ago, and I just got it back yesterday. And I'm like, yes, I can continue. <laughs> but yeah, we are going to talk about audiobooks versus podcasts and what we're listening to in the car, because you have a long commute to work. Yes. And I go 
visit Pennsylvania every couple weekends, which is a mm-hmm. three-hour trip mm-hmm. one way. So I've been listening to a lot. So yeah, let's uh, let's dig in because you yeah. generally listen to podcasts more, right? Yeah, on my on my drives to and from work, I usually listen to podcasts, sometimes some music. I also sometimes play this app called Drive FM, where you can do trivia out loud with your uh-huh. own phone. I don't always do that because it's almost too distracting, but it's fun <laughs> for something different. Yeah, but I over the summer I got this audio book that was twenty two hours long. And I finally, I decided to kind of not listen to podcasts for a little bit and just switch it up and try to finish okay. it on just my work drives. And I did. And I noticed that, and my drive is not as long as your trip to Pennsylvania. It's only one hour each way, but that does mean I'm in the, I'm in the car solid for about eight to 10 hours a week, which mm-hmm. is not fun. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. But I found that listening to audiobooks instead of podcasts or music, it kind of made it go a little faster or I was not paying as close attention to the arduousness of it. Yeah. So when I finished this book, I went ahead and just slid right into the next audiobook that I had on cue. And unlike you, I don't check them out of the library typically because I can't get them done before they have to go back. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been getting them on uh, Apple Books, which they're not usually too expensive, but you told me about some other options, which we'll get into in a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't want to have to get interrupted. When I had a longer drive to and from grad school, I usually could get a library audiobook done before I had to turn it back in. But yeah, this, I just can't finish it. But yeah, there was, there's something about even nonfiction where I just get so focused in a different way with podcasts, which obviously we love podcasts. We make a podcast (laughs) and I love podcasts for running and for just driving around town or doing chores and stuff. But I do find that podcasts, because of if they're ones that are ad sponsored, Hmm. I sometimes will find my attention going sort of in and out. Yeah. And I think for driving a drive that you don't want to (laughs) do, that's not the best. So no, I was listening to this true crime podcast and they, I swear they had ads like every 10 minutes <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my goodness. And luckily <laughs> I could, I skipped that. I skipped the ads. That's okay. But still it's kind of, well, yeah, yeah. It knocks you out and it's a little frustrating. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to have the uninterrupted audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I don't remember if we've had this conversation on air before, but when you are either reading a book or listening to a book, Mm -hmm. do you get a mental picture of what's going on, even if it's nonfiction? Usually, yeah. Yeah. It's not that detailed, Mm -hmm. but yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's sort of a scale for that, right? Like there are people who don't see anything Mm -hmm. and there are people who see it in vivid detail and I'm sort of in the middle there. Okay. I don't feel like I see it as vividly with audio as I do when I'm reading. Oh, okay. And especially with with fiction, if I'm reading fiction, it's like a movie in my head. It's extremely detailed or it's sort that of like... That's so a, interesting. Yeah. That is I think it's not as detailed with audiobooks. Yeah. Well, it may be because I am usually multitasking and it's hard to... That's true. If you, especially if you're driving, you do need to kind of still pay attention <laughs> yeah. to what's going yes. on. Yes. Do not um, drive unsafely, people. No. No. <laughs> In fact, there's one audiobook that I don't have finished that I don't think I'll ever listen to while driving because I go to sleep every time I start it. <laughs> yeah. 
especially with long ones mm-hmm. or long drives and I'm and like it's the middle of the afternoon and it's kind of sunny mm-hmm. and I've been listening for an hour and a half and I'm on the stretch and I'm behind a truck and I can't get around them and mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm getting a touch sleepy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I that's when I turn it off and that's when I put on some music for a little yeah. while yeah 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 <laughs> you gotta be careful you gotta be careful you do yeah I actually prefer audiobooks to podcasts not because I don't like podcasts mm-hmm. but I'm really picky with my podcast mm-hmm. and I'm less picky with audiobooks because sometimes I'll be like I don't really like this but I'll just let it play because I'm in the car and mm-hmm. and then I'm so far along that I'm like I might as well finish it <laughs> yeah yeah but I really like that especially with the shorter ones like you can get a bunch of good ones for like or that are like 10 or 11 hours long Mm-hmm. And those go pretty quickly for me because I usually listen to them on like 1.5-ish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do make that six-hour drive every couple weekends. And then, but during the week too, like I'll go to a disc golf course that's half an hour away. And that's a good hour of, of listening in the car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like they go pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my 42-hour Wheel of Time one is not going that quickly. <laughs> but with those, too, even if if they get sent back to the library or if I find myself with a couple hours to read in the on the weekend, mm-hmm. I am also a fan of flipping back and forth from audio to print. Yeah. It's a little hard. You kind of have to end on a chapter if I'm going to go find my point in the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> but do you do that? No, I never do that. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. No, I just I feel like because I because I'm not usually checking them out, I don't want to buy something in two versions. I'm not yes. good about using yeah, library. I'm should. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not trying to shame you or anything. But yeah. No. I mean, they if they have an audiobook version, they generally have the ebook version too. Mm-hmm. But and you know, sometimes I just find it on Amazon and it's two ninety nine. And I'm like, yeah, I'll yeah. get that. Sometimes I've had it and I haven't read it in ebook or print, oh, and yeah. then I get the audiobook and I'm like, oh yeah, I have that. Let me mm-hmm. <laughs> let me yeah. flip back and forth. Yeah. But it's it's good for me because I tend to read giant fantasy books. Yes, it's not as practical for you know a 300 page mystery or something yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. well and i also i read so many things all at the same time and so <laughs> having having a print book going and a kindle book and an audiobook i can get a lot more read and i also do a lot of weird academic stuff too that i have to yeah that's read. true yeah that makes sense yeah so so Currently, it's interesting because I did just finish this one nonfiction book that was very long, I mentioned, and it was called Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And it was the history of systemic racism around the world, but especially the US. So it was not laugh out loud, super fun time book, but it was so interesting. And I do feel like that kind of book is something that would have taken me, it took me three months to listen to. Okay. Because it was so long, and I could, I tried to listen to it sped up, but she, the the reader did not. It didn't sound good, and it belied the seriousness of the subject. Yes, <laughs> so. yeah. You can speed up Wheel of Time. You can't necessarily <laughs> speed up no a history with a heavy topic. No, no. 
But it was really, it was a beautiful book. It was an important book and it was very well done. But I wanted something a lot lighter to follow it up with. So currently I am listening to Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and the Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing by Emily Lynn oh. Paulson. And okay. that's only about, I think, 10 or 11 hours. So I'm going to get done probably this coming week. But what's funny, and I thought, oh, this will be lighter. But what's funny is she starts out her introduction saying, the fact of the matter is that multi-level marketing scams are uh, steeped in misogyny and white supremacy. And I'm like, oh, no, she's going to get deep. And I can't. I just got through. But it is still not quite as deep. Okay. And the author reads it. And uh, she's oh, not nice. too, too bad. Yeah. Well, cool. But it also, like, it's an interesting book. I think you would really enjoy it. But yeah, multi-level marketing is a whole big scam and it's terrible for people and the economy and the world and no one should ever purchase products from them or join one. So that's my little <laughs> that's her spiel. speech. Yes. That's funny because that book actually came through on my loan last week at the library. No way. Yeah. So the bad thing about... <laughs> going through the library mm-hmm. is that I'll put a bunch of holds on things and then they all come in at the same time and I'm like I don't have time to read and listen to all of these at once yes. oh no <laughs> so yeah. we'll see how far I get in okay. in it but <laughs> <laughs> well you'll enjoy it when you get to it no matter what okay. it's it's definitely your kind of thing great <laughs> yeah but on deck I have a uh, Stephen King book called Bag of Bones because I want to try to get through a lot more Stephen King through audio and reading and then after that I don't know but I I'm gonna flip back and forth and I'm I'm planning to go running today and listen to exclusively podcasts to get caught back up on my nice. my pod listening so yeah well, excellent have yeah. a good time thank you yeah I'm I'm deep in I'm about I'm about exactly halfway through the sixth book of Wheel of Time called Lord of Chaos. So we'll see how far I get before it has to get turned back into the library in a couple weeks. (laughs) So yeah, I'm deep into that and that'll be my listing for a while. And you know, I do think we've even talked about this on the pod before, but I still think it's a fun topic and I think it's interesting how, you know, you're listening habits might change over time or seasonally or you just get like in Mm -hmm. a in a mood you know yeah exactly yeah yeah cool actually now that we're talking about it i might look up some like spooky podcasts or spooky books Mm -hmm. that we should listen to i bet there's like an edgar Allan poe podcast that'll just read me his stories oh yeah find it and i've been meaning to read some of those because if you don't know, I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan, and mm-hmm. The Fall of the House of Usher is coming out on October 12th, Woohoo! which is the day after this comes out. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's based on sort of an amalgamation of Poe stories, and it's updated to modern day. Yeah. So I feel like I should read some before those come out. I have an audiobook of Edgar Allan Poe that I used to listen to to fall asleep at night because <laughs> it is very gentle and spooky, and I don't think I've ever actually been able to listen through to the whole thing. So right, yeah. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> okay, don't listen to that one while you're driving. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
So as a reminder, you can find American Psycho. I, hopefully it's still streaming on Peacock, but you can probably also rent it anywhere. And just get your favorite podcasts and your favorite audiobooks from wherever. So I mentioned I get mine on Apple Books, but you know they've got them on Spotify. You can get them on iTunes. You can get them through your local library, through Hoopla or Libby or on Amazon through Audible. Um, but you also told me Remind us about this other app that I've been meaning to try out that you use for audiobooks sometimes. Yes, it's called Chirp Books, mm -hmm. like a bird chirping. Mm -hmm. And they have full price audiobooks, but they also always run deals. And you can get, they have, their deals are like from 99 cents to four ninety nine, I think. Nice. And they'll put stuff through there, just rotate them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can find some good stuff every once in a while. And, oh, I also wanted to mention, I think I've said this before, but if you buy a Kindle book on Amazon, mm -hmm. they will discount the audiobook version. Yes. So that's not always like the way you want to go. But if you can get the book on a deal for like two ninety $2 wow, <laughs> if you can get a deal on the book for like two ninety nine. Sometimes mm -hmm. the audiobook will be like seven forty nine. Yeah. So altogether, you can get it for like just over ten bucks, which is very, yeah. very good. So that is very good. I will say sometimes I prefer Apple Books for me as an iPhone user because I can then I can control it from the panel in my car. Gotcha. Because it has Apple Play. So that's nice. one of the only reasons I'm still kind of stuck on. But I also love a deal, so I may try to do better with those. So we love yeah. some deals. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about some more great pop culture stuff, probably focusing on Halloween spooky things. Mm -hmm. So be sure to join us soon. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>